Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the WM32 Football Podcast. And today we are back doing another one of our 1-2-11s. Um, this time it is me and Nelson, and we are going to come up with our very own team of the season uh, so far. Um, so this will be uh, comprised of the 11 players who we feel have performed the best um, throughout the, the season so far. I um, have to say, though, before we start, this was very, very tricky um, to try and do. Um, and obviously to make sure that there wasn't the same players in either mine or Nelson's team. So we have kind of deliberate, deliberated and gone through um, our teams to ensure that we don't have the same players in there. So before anybody starts commenting on why certain players are in there, um, it's probably because uh, either one of us had uh, a player in there and we didn't want them in the same in the same team. So anyway, Nelson, let's get cracking, shall we? So team of the season so far. Um, who's who's going to don the gloves uh, for you? Who's who's in net? Well, Wes, um, back again with another uh, eleven v eleven. Um, I actually have. Um, high hopes for my 11 against yours so hopefully and I, I think in a football match my 11 has a good chance of winning but to don the gloves to start off my team I'm going to go for a keeper who I think has elevated his game since he's joined this club uh, was had a breakthrough last season even though he's 27 years of age or I think 28 now but he obviously got a breakthrough last season when Arsenal's number one Leno was injured came in Made, like, had a string of great performances and fans started to see why, started to question why we even had, why was he even on the bench all this time if we have someone of his quality uh, in goal. Led us to the FA Cup final as well, uh, was crucial in that. Uh, so my keeper is Emilio Emiliano uh, Martinez um, of Aston Villa. I think since he's come in at Aston Villa, he's done a good job. Um, if you look at where Villa are at the table compared to where they are last season, I think he has a part to play as to why they are there. Like his first game instantly saves a penalty, keeps a clean sheet. Like that's the impact that he's had. I know there's been a few games. I know you mentioned the game against West Ham against with Jesse Lingard. Yes, he has had some uh, issues there trying to keep out uh, easy goals, I would say. But um, I think his presence at the back uh, has really helped Villa. I think the defenders feel secure. And that's one thing I noticed as well when we had him at Arsenal. I think the defenders as well felt really secure that they had a keeper like Emmy at the back. No offence to Leno. I'm not saying Leno doesn't provide that security, but I think Martinez brings that. And also, I think he's a really tall lad as well. I think six foot four, six foot five. So having that presence as well, I think really helps the team. Um, I think he's got 12 clean sheets this season. I think that's second in the Golden Glove. Uh, table so um, again Martinez I'm, I'm going to go for Martinez as my goalkeeper what do you think not a bad shout um, I have to have to admit um, completely agree with you I think um, he's been he's been fantastic uh, for Aston Villa and a re you know one of the reasons I think as well why why they are um, where they are in the league obviously they have got some great attacking players going forward um, but I think as well Martinez is influence um at the back uh certainly from a goalkeeper perspective uh definitely has not gone unnoticed um so anyway my goalkeeper 
Um, we're going to go from one former Arsenal goalkeeper to another. Um, I've gone with someone who you could argue has been uh, probably player of the year at, at their club um, for the last few years, has kept them in games, saved them so many points um, over, over his time there, um, and is at the ripe old age of 35 now. Um, contract up at the end of the season as well, by the way. Um, and that's Lucas Fabianski. Um, of West Ham, I think he's just been. I think ever since Fabianski left Arsenal, I think he's been a solid goalkeeper. Um, I think though his time at Arsenal, it was very he was very error prone um, and made quite a lot of mistakes. But then I think, as I say, since he's left Arsenal, obviously he had a stint at Swansea and now at West Ham, he's really become a solid Premier League goalkeeper and almost Mister Dependable, um, especially for West Ham. Um, you know, at times he's not had much in front of him, uh, bless him. But, um, you know, he's, he's kept sort of West Ham in games. And actually, even if West Ham have lost games, um, he still made crucial saves in those games. Um, and, you know, I think the score lines could have been a lot worse had he not been not been in goal. Um, so, yeah, Lucas Fabianski uh, is my choice for, for goalkeeper. He's done in the gloves. Uh, for nice. my 11. Um, Nelson, what formation are you going with? Uh, have you got a back four, back three? Yeah, um, I've donned a, a four, three, three. What have you, what kind of formation have you got? Before we I've, get got, I've got four, two, three, one. So um, ah. yeah, fairly similar, fairly similar. But tell us about your back four. Um, start us off with your right back. Who's getting, who's getting the nods um, in that position? Cool. Um, my right, but going from right to left, our first pick is somebody who I think has had a revolutionary, not I wouldn't say revolutionary role, but he's come in. He was signed, I think, last season. I think still had to adjust his time into the Premier League. But the fact that he has one of the best managers in the world, you know, guiding him, um, he's really come into this role, you know, and has really shown... I guess the evolution of the fullback. We all know that Trent and Andy Robertson have been magnificent in transforming the fullback role, not just for the defensive duties, but you know the attacking contributions that they give. I think they finished, uh, I think top five in assists the last two seasons when Liverpool were just so dominant. But I'm gonna, my right back is Jao Cancelo. Cancelo's come in at City and he's been world class. I think that system that Pep's done to help the likes of Gundogan and De Bruyne push up even more to drift in, you know, as a false fullback and come in to the midfield has been, I, I've loved it. Um, as a fullback as well, he's, his technical ability on the ball is ridiculous. I think for a fullback, they're not really, uh, growing up, I never associated fullbacks. I think the entire back line, you never associated with like technical ability, but now we know the game has evolved where, you know, players have to now play out from the back and him, Oh, I think I watched the game against Arsenal and there was one chance he had where the ball was cut back to him and he fake shot it and the defender slid past him and outside of the boot nearly bent it into the corner. I was like, this is a fullback, yo. Like, this is mad. So um, he's got an abundance of quality and yeah, man, uh, he's, he's my right back. So uh, I've really enjoyed seeing him, you know, this season and the way he's played. So he, he starts off as the right back. I'll move on to my two centre-halves. Um, my first centre-half is somebody that you know because he's related to you. You know, you guys, you guys both have the same name. <laughs> um, both related to you in some way. And 
that's my, my brother Fofana Fofana, Wesley Fofana from uh, Leicester City. Um, this boy's only 20. He's only 20, you know. He's only 20 and he's doing bits like this for Leicester City. What what really um, amazes me is the fact that I think it's I think is is he um his partnership is it with Johnny Evans? Is he at the back with yeah, yeah. Johnny Evans Leicester? So him and his partnership with Johnny Evans, I think he's really settled in. As someone at 20 years old to come and adjust to the pace of the Premier League has been remarkable. Composure beyond his years as a center, as a centre half. Um, I, I, I don't know what, but I'm speechless about this boy, man. That's your brother. He's, 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 he's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and one thing that amazed me as well was the fact that last season, we know that Leicester did have a good defence too, but that was with Evans and Soyuncu. And Soyuncu was highly rated. I really rated him highly. But you forget that he hasn't really played much this season. And that's down to this brother, Wesley. Like This Fafana boy has just kept him out. And that's a testament to... Rogers having the belief in him and him producing those kind of performances. And obviously we look at Leicester now, they're second in the table. So that has got to be one of the reasons why that's the partnership that Evans has um, created with Fafana. So he's my first centre-back uh, in my team. Um, my second, his partner, uh, is another City player who we both rate highly. Someone who's come in and I've read a few articles regarding his mentality, his work ethic, his attitude that he brings second to none professional at City. They really admire his professionalism. He gets up first person there training already in a gym before the training sessions even starts. I've read in articles and that's Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz is a warrior, gladiator in disguise, bro. He is ridiculous. Like his defensive contribution, I think, City have had over 10 clean sheets and obviously he's been one of them. He's formed a great partnership with John Stones who has revived his career at City after having, you know, a really bad dip in form. And I think he's really, I think Stones has seen the quality that Ruben's brought and thought, you know what, I need to step up here because this, this guy is just playing on another level. So he brings a presence at the back that I don't think City have had in a long time since Vincent Company. That's a big shout for me to say because Vincent is highly regarded at City, not just for his, um, uh, not just for him as a defender, but him as a leader. And you could see a leader in Ruben Diaz. So I've really enjoyed him this season. Obviously, I watched the game against Arsenal on on Sunday, and there was one moment when Ob- Aubameyang tried to sprint past Stones. Stones just bodied him out of the way and then Ruben Diaz comes to him like his his own brother be like yes that's my brother smacks him on you know just oh oh I was just like yeah that's 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 a like you could tell that that's that's the kind of things that you know uh that you know helps a defender excel I think just those little celebrations and those defensive duties to celebrate not just the goals that you know help the team win but doing your job at the best of your ability so Ruben Diaz for me is going to partner Wesley Fofana in my back too. Uh, to finish off, uh, on my left back, this brother is my French my French brother, you know, um, has really come into Everton and really done really well to, first of all, shunt out uh, a Premier League mainstay in Leighton Baines, who we don't forget is top Premier League quality, and at the same time has come in and made that left back his own. I think his his passing range for a left back is oh where's I can't even start bro his <laughs> passing range is mad I remember one goal he set up for Richarlison 
from his left back position and hit it like a driven lobbed pass straight into the path of Richardson, who just had to take one touch and bang it in top bins. Uh, so my left back to complete my back four is Luca Dina. I think I've noticed since he, he had an injury, which he recovered from really well, I think it was an ankle injury, but you could tell when he was out for that period of time, Everton struggled. Um, Everton really struggled. So um, his presence as well at that left back, being able to provide those crosses as well from that left side, I think his decision-making as well, like really top, top, top class. I think he was bought from Barcelona. Surprised he didn't even make it at that Barcelona squad because I remember seeing him as an up-and-coming left back at Barcelona and I really felt as though he was going to, you know, break into that squad, but obviously that didn't happen for him. I think it's been a good career move for him personally to come to Everton. I think he's really enjoyed it at the Premier League. So, yeah, the, to complete my back four, I've gone for Luca Dina. So, Jao Cancelo on the right, Wesley Fofana and Ruben Diaz as centre-backs and Luca Dean on the left. Yeah, yeah how am I going to follow that, Nels? Um, <laughs> cheers for that. Um, <laughs> you've, you've almost provided the champagne. Um with that back four so let me provide the lemonade for those that are driving uh for this party um cool. <laughs> so my back four i'm gonna start with my right back um i feel like this back four has been made in the efl and the lower leagues um so i'm gonna bring somebody to the table um who was bought for quite a bit of money in the summer from nottingham forest um actually started out as I believe either a winger or a central midfield player uh, got moved to right back only last season and he hasn't looked back really um, and has been a really key player for for his team uh, this season for Aston Villa so it's a teammate of your goalkeeper Emmy Martinez and it is Matty Cash um, has gone in uh, to my right back slot. Um, I did have Jal Cancelo before anybody goes. Where's what are you doing putting Matty Cash in there? I did have Jal Cancelo, but I thought I'd, <laughs> I'd been. I thought I'd be nice. I thought I'd let Nelson um, have have uh, Jal Cancelo um, in there. Um, but I think equally as well, I think Matty Cash has been absolutely brilliant, as I've said um, so far this season. So probably deserves a little bit of a shout out as well. Um, centre half, first centre half um, has come in to his particular club and it is fair to say has been put he's almost like a bit of a plug at the minute wherever there's a hole that's been needed to be filled kind of thing he's been the person that's filled it across that back line um and that is Ben Godfrey from from Everton but actually as well despite the fact that he's been played out of position probably for the majority of the season I actually think he's done very very well um as a player that I personally rated very, very highly after seeing him at Norwich, uh, especially after uh, watching him in the Premier League last season. But I think this move to Everton has been fantastic for him. Um, and I think it's taken his game on to, the, to that next level as well. Um, so, so mm -hmm. comfortable on the ball as well. Um, even when he, in his younger days at, at Norwich and when he was going out on loan, even played in midfield. Um, and you can certainly see those elements of him being a, a holding midfield player in his game. Um, but yeah, Ben Godfrey um, is my first centre-half. Um, alongside him uh, is Ruben Diaz, his teammate, a guy that you mentioned um, before in John Stones. Um, don't want to say too much on John Stones, Nelson, because I think you've covered it really. Um, but John Stones has been absolutely brilliant um, again this season. And 
I think he has definitely put himself in contention for an England place now, um, yeah. given the form that he's had this season. Um, so I personally think going, heading into the Euros, it will probably be Maguire and Stones as England starting two, if they play with a back four, that is anyway. Um, and yeah, I think he's just revived his career and been absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't know if the signing of Diaz has helped that, um, as you mentioned before, with Diaz's leadership qualities. Um, and whatnot, but I've always been a massive fan of John Stones, um, and I'm just glad to see that he's now taking his game onto that next level now. Um, and I think it's been a little bit of a long time overdue for John Stones because everybody knew his quality, yeah. but we just wanted to see it a bit more consistent, consistently. Um, and I think that's happening finally this season for him. Um, and now my left back. Um, well, he can play on the left, he can play on the right. He's played as uh, in a back three as one of the third centre-halves. And he's been a revelation, I think, in the league this season. Um, made in Luton um, as well. So another one from the EFL, obviously, we've had John Stones, who was at Barnsley, Ben Godfrey at Norwich and York previously. Matty Cash from Nottingham Forest. Um, so lastly, my left-back is James Justin. Um like I say, been a revelation this year. Um, can play on the right, on the left, as I mentioned. Has also played it as a third centre-back um, as well in the back three. Um, and I think his biggest his biggest compliment that I can sort of pay him was the game against Wolves recently. And he was up against Adama Traore. And Adama Traore is probably one of the hardest wingers to play against in the league. I'm not saying he's the best winger in the league, but he's probably one of the hardest wingers to play against. And James Justin just had him on lock like all the time. But what I liked about James Justin's performance in that game was that he relished the 1v1 challenge. And he was he was almost saying to Adama Traore, come, come on then, I'll, I'll back myself um, against you. And actually as well, what I found quite good with James Justin in that game as well is, is that just as Adama Traore was looking like he was going to, you know, open his legs out a little bit and get on one of those those runs that was then the time that he picked his moment to to make that tackle um, and almost deny and stop uh, Adama Traore in his track so yeah I think James Justin is a very very worthy shout uh, for team of the season so far so like I said now she definitely bought the champagne for those that were there for the party I've had to bring the lemonade for the drink drive uh, for those that were driving um, to the party, um, but are you happy with the back that back, back four? Yeah, I think both of our back fours are really well. I'm, ha- I'm really impressed with your one, especially James Justin. I think that's a really good addition in there because I've really enjoyed seeing him. Like Leicester's defense is sorted. Like obviously we know Johnny Evans is into you know in his thirties now, but I think Leicester really can look forward to their back line if 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 that's where they want to be because I think. We know that a lot of clubs have a lot of business models where they sell on, you know, young players for a profit. But I actually hope that these two can be mainstays in that Leicester squad and Leicester can obviously build on. So we'll see from there. But yeah, I really like your back four, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Right, Nelson, talk me through your midfield. You mentioned earlier that you're going for a 4-3-3. So who's made the cut in your midfield three? Ah, this one, this one's a a Mazza. This one's crazy. So... This this guy, I'm going to start off with him because I think a lot of people were not expecting him to, to perform the way he has. And obviously his teammate has already been mentioned in your um, 
uh, XI with uh, Luke Fabianski. Uh, and my first uh, midfielder will probably play the, the deep line midfielder will be um, Thomas Suchek. He, he has been, oh, he's been a revelation. I think he's been a breath of fresh air actually just seeing West Ham in general, the way that it performed, the job that David Moyes has done. I know it has been a struggle for you personally. Like, I know seeing them yeah. fall seeing yeah. them they're currently the best London club right now which obviously hurts me as an Arsenal fan as well but yeah, that, that's um, it now she rub it in pal yeah you rub it in <laughs> <laughs> but but no he's been he's been a revelation for that squad in particular I think his goals from deep lying midfield has been like I think no one expected that as a part of this game um I think you mentioned at one point like he's like the Czech Fellaini when Fellaini was bossing at Everton at one point so that's a really good comparison to uh, with to put uh, with Thomas Suchek, but I've really enjoyed him. But you know, runs deep from midfield, tall lad. I think he's strong. Isn't the most attractive player on the ball, but I don't think West Ham care about that. I think the fact that he gets the job done and can come up with an odd goal is, I think, is really important because I'm not sure. I think he might be their top scorer. You know, I have to check after this is done, but. I think he's their top scorer, and that's you know that's impressive as well because the amount of goals that he scored um, in the Premier League, from especially for set pieces, we know how dangerous he can be from them as well. But um, no, uh, that's that's to begin my midfield. I've gone for Thomas Suchet. Before I move on, I wanted to get your thoughts on him, um, Thomas Suchet. Before I move on with the rest of my midfield, what do you think about Suchet this season? Yeah, he's been good, hasn't he? Uh, let's be honest, he's been a bit good. He's been a bit good. Um, it's one of those, Thomas Suchek is really good at football. Um, that's, that's it. Um, yeah, I think he's been, like you said, a breath of fresh air. Um, comes, obviously, on loan last season um, in, in the January window. Nobody really knew anything about him. Um, and I don't think we really got to see the best of Suchek or what he was about. Um, but everybody knows what he's about now. Um, certainly like an all-action midfielder. Um, like you said, probably not technically the best on the ball, but I think his role at West Ham, he just does it really, really well. Um, and like you said, I don't think he necessarily needs to be that good on the ball because Declan Rice alongside him is probably better on the ball. Um, but I think those box-to-box kind of runs that he makes are are really, really good and difficult for for teams to deal with um, and obviously he's an absolute salmon in the air um, as well so he just scores so many headers um, but yeah it's been really really annoying for me as a Tottenham fan watching West Ham be as good as they are at the minute um, yeah it's just annoying um, that's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that matter really about West Ham it's just been annoying seeing how good they are um, this season but no Suchek worthy worthy player in any kind of team of the season really you mentioned his uh you mentioned his uh midfield partner Declan Rice. He was somebody that I also considered. But I think Suchek's goals, I think, were really important in helping West Ham obviously get to where they are in fourth. So um start, yeah, Suchek begins my midfield. Uh, my his midfield partner, I've got I've got two number eights uh, on either flank to support Suchek. So the first one is ah, uh, ah, uh, this boy. Ah, uh, this this Matt, ah, uh, this this brother. Like, I remember first watching him when he first burst onto the scene um, in the Premier League and scored a really impressive goal against Leicester City away. But that was a season that they also got relegated as well, I remember. 
um, Aston Villa. They got relegated, but he was a bright spark. And everyone thought, who's this kid? This kid's going to be a top player one day. He's changed his hairstyles over the day. Got a nice, you know, looking goatee and he's got the, the, the whole, you know, headband and everything. Like, he's, he's changed up everything. He's matured over the years. I think with any young player or any young prospects, you always think that, or it could get to their head that they're, they're, they're better than the team. But he really got stuck on, he, he really got just, he just really got on with it. I think he, his time in the championship, I think has really been him well to make that jump now into the Premier League was literally their saviour last season in keeping them up. That final goal on the last day of the season, we all remember, just grabs it, left foot, like just into that. So my midfield partner to start off with is Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is just taking it up another notch this season. Um, we had a discussion. Um, no, I think a lot of people have had discussions regarding whether or not he should be part of the England squad heading into the Euros. But I think he's already. I think I think he. I personally think he's booked his spot. I think the 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 couple of performances he had when England did play this season. I think a lot of people were like, "Wow." We, we, I think people were worried that he, he wasn't able to take it up to that next step at international level, especially when, you know, you've got the World Cup and Euros. That's also another kind of level to upgrade to. But he's really done bits. i never forget that flick he done in the Netherlands. The ball just came to him, just flicked it over the person's head. And I was just like, yeah, this boy's ready. Like, he's just enjoying. He plays football with a freedom that I haven't seen in a long time. He has a freedom on the ball when he has it. And he just drifts past people. Emmy Martinez said he's the most talented player he's ever played with. That's crazy considering Martin has been at Arsenal and has seen top ballers come in and out, like the likes of Mesut Ozil. So the fact that he said that, I don't know. I think that's just, we all know Jack Bruce's talent. So um, his goals, again, adds goals to his game, uh, goal contributions and assists as well. Um, and being the captain as well, like I said, he matured over the years. So he now has that leadership to bring to the squad from midfield. So he is another person in my midfield. Another person uh, who completes my midfield three is another person who's more of a 10, but can play in the eight. Um, and that somebody is James Madison. Again, we're going to have the discussion about who England, who Gareth Southgate should bring to the Euros. Should it be Foden? Should it be Rice? Should it be Mason Mount? Should it be Greeley? Should it be Madison? The amount of options we have, by the way, it's ridiculous. Like, we've got options and options. Like, NSG options, that's what we're saying. So... Like Madison completes my midfield three. I think ever since like you mentioned like he him uh, Ben Godfrey being at Norwich, Madison was at Norwich as well. Really, really attractive player, but also can work hard. Um, has the ability to shoot set pieces, long shots. I think you remember that goal he scored against Hughes to win the game from like twenty five yards, bottom bins, twenty five boom. Like he's got it all, and he's got an impressive weak foot as well. I think people not, don't lo, no, notice a lot. Like, I really enjoy seeing him use his weak foot a lot. He scored some cracking goals with his weak foot. And I think, I personally think players really need to use weak foot a lot more in terms of their usage, because that makes them a bit more unpredictable. Yeah, Madison completes my midfield three. So I've got Suchek, Jack Grealish, and James Madison. So I'm happy with that. Not a bad midfield three, I have to I have to say, and uh, completely agree with your points on Grealish as well, in the sense that I think his time in the championship um, helped him massively. Um, it was almost like he became a leader in that Villa dressing room. Um, 
took on that added responsibility of being captain for his boyhood club. Um, and I think he's thrived off of that added responsibility um, as, as well. And yeah, is a player that has certainly won me over over time, I have to say, because I was a little bit like, okay, okay, Jack Breed, okay, right, right. We bet there's this one, there's that one, there's this one, there's that all ahead of him. And yeah, I think over time, like I say, he's, he's definitely won me over. And James Madison as well as a player that I, I really, really like. I know you mentioned that strike from, from 25 yards. Uh, thanks for that. I was in the crowd that day. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, ended up getting lost on the way home uh, as well, which didn't help um, to add to, to a disappointing performance. Um, but no, both of those two, I think, certainly are in the conversation um, for Gareth Southgate's uh, Euros squad this summer. Um, right, now, so my midfield, I'm going to go with my midfield right. three, but it's a two yep. and then a, a, a one in front. Um, cool. So the first one that I'm going to go with um, is somebody who has had a massive, massive purple patch um, this season and has kind of come out of nowhere and turned into a goal-scoring midfielder. Um, Ilkay Gundogan and yeah I just think like I say he's come out of nowhere all these goals that he keeps scoring because his role's definitely changed this season under under Pepin in this City side because beforehand he was playing a lot deeper and he was almost dictating games um, now we're almost seeing a similar type of player to probably I would argue Frank Lampard in that, okay, still good at keeping the ball, but is making late runs into the box and getting goals off the back of it. Um, and, you know, obviously sent Davinson Sanchez back to Colombia um, <laughs> uh, as well. So, so yeah, but I think Gundogan as well, over the time he's been at City, he's been a really, really good player. I think he's been very underrated. Um, I just think it's been yeah. unfortunate for him that he's had the likes of David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne and, you know, all of those guys um, ahead of him. But he's certainly making his mark now in this in this city side. Um, but I think people are actually forgetting his age as well. He's 30. Um, so perhaps he's probably got a couple of years left, you would you would argue, at the top. Um, but this season so far, he has been, he's been fantastic. Um, then my other central midfield... Um, my central midfielder, Gundogan, central midfield partner, if you like, I lost my words for a second there. Um, this was a very, very interesting one. Um, I have to admit, I did have Thomas Suchek in there, but again, I've been nice, thought I'd let Nelson have that one. <laughs> um, and this was a straight toss-up, so I'm going to reveal my candidates, if you like. Um, so one of them uh, was a teammate of Ben Godfrey's at Everton in Alan. Alan! Alan! Um, so, yeah, I think he's been unbelievably good for Everton um, when he's played for them. Obviously, I know he's been injured recently um, and he's just plugged the real gap, I think, that Everton were missing in that midfield and he's just come in and just like single-handedly sorted it all out um, and is a real, real sort of proper kind of defensive midfielder that we would associate with that role. Um, I think his biggest compliment as well, I remember when Everton were linked and, and due to sign him, uh, Tim Vickery, the South American football expert, said that he is a coach's dream um, because he just senses danger and, you know, puts out fires, if you like. Um, and, you know, when Tim Vickery speaks about a player, like, you listen. Um, so, yeah, that was him. But I have gone with somebody who 
has been a revelation yet again um, and has been a much needed addition to his team. Um, literally, Mr. Dependable plays every near enough every minute of every game at the moment. Um, and I think that is a testament to him. Um, and that is Pierre-Emile Hoiberg of Tottenham. Um, he's been he's just been brilliant for Tottenham. Um, yeah, literally first probably first name down on the team sheet, um, Hoiberg, because I think without him, our midfield is non-existent, really. Um, so yeah, he's just done he's just come in and been a breath of fresh air for us. Um little bit I think he's probably the Wanyama replacement, um, but I think he's better on the ball, um, can spot a good pass. Um, can Hoiberg and yeah I think he's just been absolutely brilliant for for Tottenham um, so yeah I've got Hoiberg and then Gundogan um, and then just ahead of those um, I must admit somebody needs to go and check this guy's back because he's carried his team from the moment he signed um, came into the Premier League just over a year ago um, and has been probably one of the standout players in the league ever since and that is Bruno Fernandes um, literally carried Manchester United time and time again. He is their go-to player, um, the the sprinkling of the of the stardust in in the United team, um, because he just comes up with important goals, important assists in games, um, and at important times, important moments. Um, so I think yeah, Bruno's definitely in with a with a shout for for team of the season. Um, and yeah, I just think his contribution to Manchester United as a football club has just been second to none. Um, really upsets me because Spurs were were linked with him and were very very close to signing him, along yeah. with Ruben Diaz as well. So to see those two now shining in the Premier League is really really frustrating and really really annoying um, because it's certainly a case of what could have been from a Tottenham perspective. Um, but like I say, Bruno's just been top draw, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to see him up close uh very very soon um when fans are allowed back into back into stadiums so yeah my midfield three is Hoiberg, Ilkay Gundogan and then just ahead of them in the number 10 position uh Bruno Fernandes that is a very good midfield battle that I've been looking forward to like yes. if that 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 three played against our three yeah that's a really good midfield three yeah I'm looking I, I wanted to personally mention something on Gundogan because I really enjoyed him. First time, obviously, we all kind of noticed him. Um, I think he was a revelation for Borussia Dortmund at the time. I think Jurgen Klopp brought him in at Borussia Dortmund, and I really enjoyed him then. Um, he did add goals to his game at Dortmund, but I think he's also suffered a lot of injuries. So I'm really, like you said, he's had to go through certain periods of you know struggle because of the injuries but like you said I think he's turned 30 you know, Guardiola's seen that he's able to provide these goals from deep and it's worked out so now nah, really happy for him so he's he's been ridiculous this season but uh should we head over to the front three then of course of course tell me who's made the cut for your front three this will be very very interesting as well off you go Ooh, I don't know where to start Ah, oh, this is this is mad one. Okay, um, I'm gonna start with my left wing. Get this out of the way because a lot of people are gonna question where my loyalties lie when I mention this brother, because he is a rival player. 
but he is my favourite player in the league. <laughs> Can't say this enough. He's my, Wes knows how much I love this brother, and he doesn't play for my club. Um, he's he raced. He started off the season bank like I think he was top scorer at one point. He, he was racing towards like I think maybe thirty goals. The way he was going on this form, scored an absolute screamer against my club in the derby. That I completely, me and my brothers were left for dead because he came in cut inside. We didn't think he was going to do it, but that he's clearly smoking that confidence because at the end of the day, like he just bent it in from like thirty-five yards in the bottom corner. So my left winger to begin with is Sonaldo himself, Hongming Son. Ah, oh, where's you? Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't Nelson, your 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 affinity with Hongming Son is a better love story than Twilight. I've 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 made my mind up on that one definitely. Anybody, Wes knows me really well, and we're rival supporters, but he knows how much I love Hongming Son. It's not just the goals that he brings. We know he can bag goals. It's his work rate, his his ability to work for the team. He has. He's unpredictable in the sense that I think he's the best two-footed player in the league, probably in the world, uh, like, you know, up there, top five best two-footed players, because he's unpredictable. Uh, he can either go left, bang it with his left, go right, bang it with his right. And I think his partnership with Kane has been ridiculous. I think they're the best duo, I think, in Premier League history. I think they're getting to that point in terms of contributing for each other, the best duo ever. And it's worked really well. And, yeah, I think... He's he's been one of the shining lights. I think you can obviously agree with me. One of the shining lights of obviously a, a not so good season for Spurs, um, and he's just taken his game up to another level. So I would be so happy if he actually finished top scorer. I think he deserves it. Um, I think a lot of the world don't take into account that he is world class. He is world class. Like let's just put it out there, he's world class. Like just that's my that's my boy Sonaldo. Like, anyways, I'm gonna end it on here before everyone questions. No, my keep loyalty. talking, keep talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen to this day. Uh, yeah, no. Son uh, starts off my front three uh, on the left. On the right, I've gone with another. You know, his his nickname is Star Boy at our club. You know, the Star Boy that's just you know doing things, running around, you know, creating havoc for defenders. Um, he started off at the academy on the left side, I think, but Arteta has shifted him over to the right this season, and his performances have just gone up another level. Um, a, a candidate to, to that was battling him in this spot was actually another young player who I think both of them will go up for PFA Young Player this season, and that's Phil Foden. Phil Foden, we all know how good he's been this season. Um, I think you even put an appreciation post for him after the game against Liverpool because of how good he was. Absolutely ridiculous, and I think he's still only 20 years old, so... The person who completes my right wing uh, is Bukayo Saka. Boy, Bukayo Saka. Still only 19 years of age. Obviously broke into the England squad. I was actually, I was actually hoping that he'd play for Nigeria, you know, represent the Niger boys at, at some point. But he's obviously, I think he's, his quality shouldn't just be for Nigeria. No offence to the Nigerian international team, but we all know the England quality is just a bit, uh, has more quality and his quality deserves to be in that England squad. And the thing, the thing is, like, we, we all know how versatile he is. He can play across that front line, in the middle, on the left, can play at left-back, let's not forget. He had a stint at left-back for Arsenal. Um, the reason why I've put him ahead of Foden is because I think Foden is surrounded by those world-class players with him. I think that helps his game. 
But I think and Saka, the fact that he's surrounded, no offense to just crap, like he's surrounded by absolute <laughs> crap. I'm an I'm an Arsenal fan, and he's surrounded by absolute crap. And he's been our savior this season. There's been times where I think, especially since the turn of this uh, the new year, where we beat Chelsea. I think that game against Chelsea, we beat them three one, and he's just gone. He's just taken it up another level. The next game, he he bagged an assist to set up the winner against Brighton for Lacazette. He just goes on these driving runs. I think the, the last home game we played against Leeds, he was so... No, sorry, last game we played against City, but the last home game against Leeds where we won 4-2, he won a penalty. VAR checked that out and just decided, you know what, I'm going to just win another one. Like Just casually just won, won another penalty. But I don't know what's... And he's adding goals. Sorry, I just forgot to add that he's adding goals. So he's. I think he's... Scored the most goals by a teenager this season, um, um, which I think is remarkable. Um, but I think it just goes to show like the crop of young talent we have that's growing at England. Like you've got Foden, you've got Mason Mount, you've got well, then again, you've questioned Mason Mount's <laughs> ability from time, but Mason Greenwood, Mason <clears throat> Greenwood, another top baller, uh, and Bukayo Saka. So England. If we don't win 2026 World Cup, just disclaimer, like, well, something's wrong with our squad. But, um, <laughs> Bukayo Saka uh, is on the right wing for me. So I've got Son on the left, Bukayo on the right. Uh, to finish off uh, my 11 Wes, I've given you, obviously, your, you obviously with your, your, your number nine. He was considered in my squad, but obviously you will mention him later on. Um, but I've gone for somebody who I think... One... one let me tell you this. I saw an interview with him with Tubes on Soccer AM and I didn't understand it because I Soccer AM, I think, obviously does interviews with top players and at that point, I never considered him a top player because I just felt as though he was potentially going to be another Bambi on ice for Everton. I actually thought that at one point. like <laughs> I, Because he had a lot there. He had a lot going for him, but he just wouldn't convert his chances. And I was like, okay, I mean, Everton is not a big club, but they've done well to to maintain their status within the top half of the table. That's and it, I just Nelson. felt this That's is it, Nelson. You annoy all Everton fans by telling them they're not a big club. Go on. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think they're. You know, I don't think they're a big club. That's my honest opinion. But at the same time, like he, he I felt like this was an opportunity to just break out, just like we saw Lukaku do at Everton, just be that top striker to then obviously get him the career move that he now has with Inter, but. Something happened. I think since Ancelotti's come in, he's realised his potential. And I think he's just a flick of the switch. He started banging in goals left, right and centre. And I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. But it's a testament to him for the amount of hard work he's put in to be, you know, Everton's number nine, top number nine. And as you all know, that person is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, again, I said, like, I never thought he'd reach this level, but I'm really glad that he's proved me wrong. Because now... He's one of the, he's again in contention, I think, to reach the Euros. I think when you look at the amount of strikers that we have, I think having two number nines in Kane, who we know is a bit different to Calvert Lewin in the sense that Kane can really drop in from deep and has that added that quality to, to bring in there. Calvert Lewin is obviously like your typical kind of target man, but can really can finish left foot, right foot, tall, can head, all of that. So his goals have really helped Everton this season. Um, so I've been really happy for him, man. I'm, there's nothing I love better than people proving me wrong. So um, Dominic Carvalho completes my front line with Bukayo Saka on the right. 
and Sonaldo on the left. Yeah, yeah. Not not a bad front three. Not a bad front three. I may have to leave your uh, social media handles in the comments on the uh, on the YouTube video so people, uh, Everton fans especially, can at you by saying that they're not a big club. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, not a bad front three. Um, I have to I have to admit. Um, I've definitely got two players who will surprise a lot of people uh, in my front three. Um, so I'm going to start with my right-hand side. Now, we are used to seeing levels from this guy um, and has consistently done it over the last couple of years. Um, unfortunately, though, his team have had a drop-off, yet this guy is still currently the top goal scorer in the league, in the Premier League, and that's Mo Salah. Um, so Mo Salah is going to go in on my on my right hand side purely for the fact that you know a struggling Liverpool side, as we all know at the moment. Yeah, he's still top goal scorer. Like the the stats and the facts don't you know they don't lie. Um, so for him to still be, you know, getting goals in a struggling side is testament to to him really. I know I'm not a biggest fan of his antics in and around the penalty area because. Um, you know, been on record and called called him the Egyptian Tom Daly um, recently um, with the, with the way that he's been diving. But um, that aside, I think, like I say, the fact that his team have been struggling uh, for form in the league, yet he's still been producing um, goals for his team um, has has definitely put him in there um, for sure. So Mo Salah on the right, um, on the left. Now this will surprise a lot of people. But whenever I've watched this particular player play for arguably one of my teams to watch uh, this yeah. season in Leeds United, um, I've always been impressed by him. And he's always sort of got me on the edge of my seat. Um, sent Gary Cahill into an early retirement home uh, in a recent game uh, as well. And that is Rafinha from Leeds United. Um, I've, like I say, he's been absolutely brilliant I think for Leeds um, didn't start in the first sort of few games um, that he could have but since he's come in I don't think he's missed a game really certainly in the league um, he's just been absolutely brilliant like I say an exciting winger that always gets me sort of on the edge of my seat um, and yeah I've really really enjoyed watching Rafinha um, been rumours circulating um, that Liverpool are keeping tabs on him uh, as well, so imagine Rafinha as well added to Salah and, and Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota. That would be ridiculous, right. wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, Rafinha on the left, Salah on the right. Um, happy for even one of those two to swap as well because they are both left-footed and do like to come in, come inside. Um, my number nine, um, or probably nine and a half. Um, I would probably have to say, um, still to this day get so much hate from opposition fans and I seriously do not understand why. He's probably one of the most classiest guys, I think, both on and off the pitch. Like, he just just oozes class. Like, um, unfortunately, a young player at Peterborough had to retire um, from a head injury, retire from football because of a head injury and this guy sent him a signed shirt. It's just little touches like that that I think are, are a testament to the man. But the player... This season, my gosh, my gosh. He has been a talisman for his team for so long. 
and yet he's still managing to adapt his game year upon year. Um, number nine, England captain Harry Kane is getting in my my team. Like I say, he's the guy who uses class both on and off the pitch, um, redefined his role uh, time and time again, yet still gets hate from opposition fans, which I still don't understand. Um, and I just think he's been different class again this season. Um, as you mentioned, his relationship and partnership with Son has been different class. Um, probably saved us um, more often than not this season because, let's be honest, Spurs have been awful um, and awful to watch. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane, Harry Kane is, uh, is definitely in there and I think he's certainly cementing himself as a Premier League great um, yeah. at the minute. I know the, the silverware and the pots on the table haven't come um, but I think in terms of his goals and his assists, his passing range is ridiculous. Like it's almost like you want him on the end of his own passes. That's how good his passing range is. Um, so I can certainly see elements of Wayne Rooney there in the sense that obviously as Rooney got older, he started dropping, dropping further back. And I can certainly see that with, with Harry Kane as well. Um, would love him to almost play centre mid one game and just have, uh, maybe Carlos Vinicius up top because that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane, my number nine, England captain, um, real leader for Tottenham, um, and his goals and assists this season um, have meant that he he deserves a place in the team for me. Yeah. So my Agreed. front three: Salah, Rafinha, and Harry Kane. I like that. Really, really do. I have a question before Over. we recap. Um, our two teams. This brother in Harry, number nine, yeah, has has done bits. I personally think if he stays as long as he wants in the Premier League, mm-hmm. he will certainly break Alan Shearer's Premier League record of goals. I personally believe that. But do you think, as a Tottenham fan, how, like obviously, I'm sure you worry about him leaving every summer. It comes to the point where rumours are linked with him potentially leaving. Do you think, forget being a Tottenham fan, just the football fan itself, you loving the game of football, Mm -hmm. do you think he should move away from Spurs to obviously, as any player wants, to win trophies? Or do you think, because I think he's top three strikers in the world right now. You've got Lewandowski, Lukaku and him. Like number nines, like Mm -hmm. purely number nines. Do you think he should... Like we always ask the question, do you think he should leave this summer? But yeah, what do you what do you think? Well, Harry Kane is a rare commodity because he gets sold every single day by the media. Um, you know, I think the latest one is Paris Saint Germain, um, and obviously okay. a, a re, uh, to be reunited with with Pochettino. Um, but I think any Spurs fan, certainly over the last couple of seasons, we've gone. Do you know what? If Kane leaves, fair play to him. And I think those those little murmurs are getting louder, um, certainly with the way that and the direction it seems that the team is going in currently. Um, I think he he strikes me as somebody that wants to be a one club man. He wants to break records at, at Tottenham. He's very he's quite close to breaking the great Jimmy Greaves' all time uh, record goals um, for Tottenham. He's close to doing that. I think, obviously, if he stays 
fit and healthy and stays at Tottenham for, you know, maybe a couple more seasons. I definitely think he's in with a shout of, of breaking that record. Um, agree with you as well that he'll probably, he's, he's very close in breaking Alan Shearer's record. Again, if he stays in the Premier League, stays fit and stays healthy. But the thing with Kane is you almost, I think Spurs fans almost accepted that he's going to break down once in the season. It's a case of when and not if. Um, so, yeah, but I think, listen, you want the top players to have the accolades that go with them being a top player. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a case of, look, if Kane left as a Tottenham, I'd wish him all the best and he can go win the trophies and get the stuff that he deserves um, as a player. Um, do I see it happening? I mean, one part of me says no um, and the other part of me says could be pending it 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 really is dependent because um obviously with the pandemic i don't see too many clubs having a lot of money to spend um obviously real madrid didn't even make a a signing in in the two transfer windows and that hasn't happened for i believe the best part of 70 years or something um barcelona are in more debt than you can believe um i think his price tag has been set at 150 million so it's definitely a case of a wait and see with Harry Kane, but he deserves he deserves some silverware. Um, Tottenham have probably got two realistic chances of that this season uh, with the Carabao Cup final. They were playing City, so probably not. Um, and, um, and the Europa League. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely a case of we will see with Harry Kane. But I, I mean, as a Tottenham fan, as a fan of football, you want to obviously you want to see the best players in the Premier League, obviously me being English and whatnot, you know, you want to see the best players in, in the Premier League. Um, and Harry Kane, certainly one of those sort of best players in the league uh, conversations for sure. Um, but yeah, look, I think if, if he did leave, obviously every, every fan of a rival club will be, will be at Tottenham fans going, look, you can't keep hold of your best players again. Da, 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 da. Um, but look, it's one of those, if he goes and, win, and then wins some trophies, I don't think anybody would begrudge him of that if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well right. said. Well said. Um, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to get your take. That's all right. Oh. That's all right. Right. Nelson, we're gonna need somebody in the dugout, somebody to take charge of these of these two teams that we've that we've picked. Um I'm gonna let you go first. Who is your gaffer? Who's your manager of the season so far? Well, I had three candidates to, for my manager of the year because I think defensively, this league has been a shambles. The amount of goals we've seen going left and right, it's another one of those anomaly seasons like the Leicester City title winning season where the top clubs don't seem to want to get into the top four. They just want to slip and fall behind. We know from us being supporters of our clubs how bad they've been this season. But uh, I'm going to go for a manager that He's done a remarkable job since he's come in at the club. Um, last year, he obviously was close to being relegated, but they stayed up. And this year, I think he's brought them leaps and bounds to bring them up to that next level, them being top half. So I've gone for Dean Smith. He's done a, a, a great job at Villa. Um, I've watched him. You know, he's really, I really like his presence when he does his media interviews. Doesn't seem rattled. You know, he seems quite composed uh, and he he seems composed. He says the right things, even when it comes to, you know, 
criticizing the play doesn't slander them like a you know the special one or someone like that would but at the at the same time he still gives i'm sure he he still gives them pointers on how to improve he doesn't like embarrassed them in public but I think he's a caring coach as well you can tell he cares for the players he cares for his team um, and I think they really enjoyed probably playing under him you could tell the players it's never better you know for a manager to have to have that feeling of knowing that your players play for you they play for the club but they also play for you so Dean Smith is my guy at the dugout who have you got you know I'm interested who have you got in your in your dugout for your team um yeah, well, I've gone for someone who I probably shouldn't have uh, given uh, certain things that have happened recently. Um, but no, credit where it's due, I think, and I actually think you could win this award, um, manager of the season. Um, credit where it's due, like I say, David Moyes um, is in the dugout for me. Um, Moyes-er? Moyes-er. Um, Yeah, obviously, we know, I think Moyes, like, like I say, we know what he did at Everton and the job he did there fantastic realistically like no I don't think anybody's going to take that away from David Moyes but it's then his next set of jobs that you almost felt kind of defined him a bit more than as opposed to Everton um obviously we know United didn't go to plan at all um but I don't think he was really supported in the way that managers have been since um but at the same time I do think there were certain things that were happening uh with with Moyes that didn't quite work and I and I say that because I think Moyes is a coach like he he's very hands-on in terms of taking training and being active on the training pitch um so he's very hands-on but I think at United he almost needed to be hands-off um and almost just manage the people and situations but I think because yeah. you know he's, he's very much a coach likes to take training all the time he wanted to sort of bring that to United where you know, they've just won the league. They don't particularly need, you know, really to work on too much because they're they're Premier League champions and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. manage manage them as you need. Um, and the quality that United had as well at that time, it was like, you know, they were miles ahead of anybody else really at that time. Um, you know, he's, he's also had a stint at Sunderland. Um, again, didn't, didn't go to plan. Obviously, I know he went to to Spain for a little while as well, but uh, with Raul Sociedad. But the, the stint at Sunderland, everybody thought, okay, you know, Moyes coming back, you know, he looks a bit different, a bit refreshed. Uh, again, that didn't didn't work out, and a relegation on anybody's CV is not what not what you want. Um, and then the first time round at West Ham actually did a decent job, but I don't think we sort of saw the fruits of the labour because he wasn't really there long enough. But the, the remit was stay in the league and he did that. Um, then the whole Pellegrini disaster happened for West Ham uh, in a period of 18 months and then probably about hundred odd million pound later. And Moyes has come in again with a point to prove because I think he's, he's like I say, point to prove to the board and to the fans of West Ham and gone, actually, you lot ripped me off when actually this is the job that I can do when I've been given the tools to do what I want to do in, in, in the job. So, and I think he's transformed West Ham, obviously again, last season fighting relegation and now they're in the top four. Yeah. That turnaround is ridiculous. And actually uh, his recruitment, obviously we've we've mentioned Suchek, but Sufal has been brilliant. Um, 
Jared Bowen has been fantastic um, as well. Uh, Craig Dawson on loan since coming in, been an absolute rock at the back. Um, the Algerian Billy Wingrove side, Ben Rama, um, has, you know, flitted in and out. Um, but I think, you know, the quality will be there. Um, and actually, I think Moyes made a bold, bold statement in cutting his losses on, on Haller because he knew that actually he wasn't going to fit the way that he wanted to play um, and, you know, cut losses on him, get rid, and we will rebuild off the back of it. And it was almost a little bit like if Haller didn't play, it was always that question mark as to why he's not playing. A little bit similar to Tottenham with Bale and Delhi at the minute. And also, you know, as you know, being an Arsenal fan with, with Meza Ozil, you know, you yeah. have these, these big players and it's like, well, why are they not playing? Why is he not starting? And everything like that. He's now got rid of that um conundrum so yeah I think credit where it's due David Moyes for me manager of the season and I actually think like I said he will he will probably win win that award I also want to mention Don Carlo um as well Ancelotti because not only was he the coolest man in Goodison in the FA Cup uh, a couple of weeks ago but I think the job he's done at Everton um has been fantastic and it's arguably arguably his worst set of players that he's had to work with um, as well. And, you know, obviously got their, their first Derby win at, at Anfield since 99. Um, and yeah, I, I really like what he's doing at, at Everton as well um, in terms of what he's building there. So yeah, I think Don Carlo was, was a mention, a worthy mention. Also Brendan Rogers as well. I'm a massive fan of Brendan Rogers, uh, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, the job there at Leicester is is remarkable. But I think, you know, you can't look past David Moyes really for for manager manager of the season. So I've gone with Moise. Two good managers there. Two I think two good managers. I think you mentioned now that you mentioned Rogers, I'm like, oh, should I put him in? But he I think we I think he also gets, you know, you know, he's underrated, which I don't think he should be. I think he should be up there with some of the best managers. He'd done it at Liverpool, you know, even though we all know how they capitulate that title, he still did well with that side. We all know how I think, I think Swansea fans will remember their, their you know, their time of Brendan in terms of how he revolutionised the way that they played. I think it was refreshing as well. Just like you mentioned, Leeds this season being refreshing. I think when Swansea first came in, they were refreshing with the way that they played. But yeah, I think that's a, that, that, that completes both of our teams. I'm looking forward to if that ever happened, uh, 11 v 11. I've got my side winning, I can't lie, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, so guys, that is it for for us and this episode uh, for today. Um, We hope you enjoyed uh, listening and watching. Um, I know me and Nelson certainly enjoyed uh, picking our 11s and and going through them and and sharing them with you guys as well. Um, Don't forget that grassroots football um, is due to return um, from March the 29th. So if anybody is watching and would like a session for from us then please do get in touch we are based in Milton Keynes um so anybody like I say anybody from the Milton Keynes area that would like a, a session uh, please head over to the website www.wm32football.com and you can book your session in there um, and don't forget as well the online shop is also live so you can get some merchandise a bit like myself uh today um and if you head onto the website again www 
wm32football.com uh, forward slash shop uh, for that. Um, follow us on all social media platforms as well at wm32football uh, for more content. And hit that like and subscribe buttons as well. Uh, comment your thoughts on our teams. If there's any players that you feel like we've missed out, any managers that you feel like we perhaps should have picked over the ones that we did. Um, and we are very, very close to hitting that 100 subscribe subscriber mark. So we would really, really appreciate it if you do subscribe uh, to us and we can hit that fantastic milestone of 100 subscribers. And yeah, also follow us on Spotify as well, where this uh, particular episode um, will be as well. All right. So Nelson, thank you very much for today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Looking forward. Looking forward. Thank you.